The Canadian immigration process can be complex and frustrating. With the Canadian Immigration Department making it virtually impossible to speak to an officer, there are few places to turn to for trusted information. The Canadian Immigration Podcast was created to fill this void by offering the latest on immigration law, policy, and practice. Please welcome ex-immigration officer and Canadian immigration lawyer, Mark Holthy, as he is joined by industry leaders across Canada, sharing insight to help you along your way. Well, welcome back to another video that we're doing here. This one is all about the Ontario Immigrant Nominee Program. And in fact, we're going to be doing a crash course, which is going to be pretty awesome. I'm here with Chanel Rosenbaum, one of the lawyers of Healthy Immigration Law. How are you doing, Chanel? I am actually in Ontario at the moment. Um, it's been a lovely sunny day here, but now the clouds have set in. At this time of year, everything's a little bit unpredictable here. It is. You know, that's the one thing that you can for sure count on in Canada, that the weather will be unpredictable. So whether that's going hiking out into the hills and the mountains or whether it's just walking from your apartment or your house or wherever you live, you know, downtown or across the street in your home, uh, your hometown, um, it can be different weather by the time you get at that destination uh, compared to what was in existence when you left your house. So that's Canada. So with summer approaching, I have to always leave the house prepared. Yep, with summer approaching, I think we're all ready for, uh, to have an awesome summer. We've been bottled up and, uh, stuck here in this crazy, crazy post end, hopefully pandemic world. And now everybody's just rushing to, to enjoy the sun now that it's finally here. So Chanel, the Ontario immigrant nominee program, as you've indicated, you live in Toronto. Tell me why you chose this program right here. Well, being based in Ontario, obviously, that is, you know, it's it's a passion of mine to help people come to this beautiful province. But in addition to that, now we've we've seen over the past couple of years, express entry really slow down. Um, a lot of those draws have stopped, especially federal skilled workers. We haven't seen much of that for um, throughout the whole of COVID. Um, so now people are really looking at other options to immigrate to Canada. And the provincial nominee programs are a, a great option that a lot of people might not have considered. Um, because I'm based in Ontario, I thought I'd focus on the Ontario Immigrant Nominee Program first, but maybe a bit later we can visit some of the other provinces as well. Um, I think this is a good starting point and Ontario is a very popular province for people to immigrate to. Absolutely. And like Chanel alluded to, this will be the first of a number of uh, videos that we're going to be launching on the Canadian Immigration Institute's YouTube channel and you're also listening to this on the Canadian Immigration Podcast as well as an audio recording. But all you need to do to find this blog post that Chanel wrote that we're going to be using as the basis of our video today is right on the HolthyLaw.com website. So that's www.H-O-L-T-H-E-L-A-W.com. And then you just have to go to the resource section and within the resource section, you'll see that there are blogs there and these are a amazing growing database of information and content. So if you miss something within what uh, Chanel's talking about today and uh, you want to get a little refresher, head on over there. And if you're looking at uh, just getting a little extra help, 
You can click on any of the buttons, speak to a lawyer. Um, there'll also be links in the description if you're watching this on YouTube. Um, but yeah, head on over to HolthyLaw.com and we're happy to help you as well. All right, so let's dive into this overview here. So those who are watching this in video format, we're just over on the blog and we're just kind of scrolling through here. But um, why don't you start from the very basics? So people that are looking to immigrate to Canada right from the beginning, what is this provincial nominee program? What is this all about? So the provinces have their own programs to basically nominate um, applicants that they deem um, suitable to contribute economically to the province um, who will come in and bring skills and that, that are required, that are in high demand and yeah, contribute to the local economy. Um, so there are a number of, of pathways um, through each of the provinces, in particular to the OIMP, the Ontario provincial nominee program um, there's actually three different um, pathways I guess um, there's an expression of interest route you can take um, you could potentially get a nomination through express entry and there's also a stream for entrepreneurs so it's it's there's a, there's a lot of information to navigate when you're trying to decide which program you would be suitable for um, there's I think about nine different streams all up so you really need to spend the time looking at the website Ontario um, government's website you can also find a lot of this information in the blog that we've put up to help you start to navigate and decide which one you're going to be most suited to um, so the expression of interest um, path Pathway. This is suitable for people who have a valid job offer in Ontario or who have studied a master's or PhD level qualification in Ontario. Um, so we'll move on um, at, a little bit further on to address some of the routes where you don't necessarily need to already um, have this job offer. But to begin with this this um, stream, so we've got an option for foreign workers, um, we've got an option for international students and an option for in-demand skills. So for the, the foreign worker stream, um, well actually for all three streams, you have to hold a permanent full-time job offer in Ontario. Um, for the foreign worker and international students, that has to be in a skill occupation at Knox Skill O, A or B. Um, so it has to be a, a skilled qualification similar to many of those express entry options you would have been looking at. Um, you have to be coming in with a professional or technical skill um, to contribute to the economy. Whereas the in-demand skill stream actually offers some options for those who have their Knox skills um, in the level C or D category. Um, so it's obviously been identified that there is uh, there are a number of skills lacking in those other skill categories. So this is a great option for um, you know people who wouldn't normally qualify for express entry through the federal skilled worker or the Canadian Experience class streams as well. Um, you know if they they ha still have skills they would like to contribute to Ontario and wouldn't necessarily have qualified through there, then they might be up for a provincial nomination. So so Chanel, can I, can I ask a question? So many of the people that are watching this are post-grad work permit holders. So they're maybe living and working in Ontario. They've been waiting, as you've alluded to, for the CEC draw through Express Entry, which has not come. So um, you see, we've got foreign worker stream, the international student stream, and the in-demand skill stream. So, 
So what you're saying here is that one of these might be an option for someone who's currently working in Ontario already on a postgrad. Yes, if they're already working um, and their their employer is, is willing to to support their application, um, you know, confirming the details and they meet the requirements of the employer job offer. Um, so there are a number of requirements and we've outlined them here in the blog um, as well, just that the position needs to meet to qualify, um, which are basically requirements to avoid fake job offers, which we've addressed before, to make sure that it's a real position that is required um, for this organization. So it, um, so if you already hold a position, then that could qualify as a job offer. Um, and it's something worth addressing with your employer. Um, this is not as strenuous of a process for the employer as something like the LMIA process. Um, so it's definitely something worth addressing. If you're already in a position and it is a full-time permanent position, then this is it, it's very likely that it would qualify and you would um, be able to apply under one of these streams and hopefully get a nomination. Um, so there, there are a number of factors you need to consider, which we've largely addressed in the blog, but it's also worth jumping over to the Ontario um, website to have a look in more detail at what all the specific criteria are. Um, there are criteria with regards to being based in Ontario. Um, you, you have to be based here to be working here. You have language uh, requirements and then the also the employer requirements related to the job ensuring that it is an eligible position um, and you have to make sure you have to be certain what your not code is that it actually does qualify under one of these skill levels um, so there it, it does take a little bit of time doing some research to be confident that you fit under this category um, but if you need more information or uncertain have any questions that's when it's a good time to book a consultation and we can help work through that with you um, to help you identify what you would be suitable for now I see Chanel that we have within those first three, the job offer pathways, international student stream. But we also have other streams for higher level education and um, masters and PhD grads who graduated from institutions in Ontario? Yes. So that, that is, so the, the PhD and master's graduate stream is for people who obviously have a PhD or a master's from Ontario, but also under this stream, you don't have to have um, the job offer. So there's less of a requirement uh, from an employment perspective, which can make it a little bit easier. Um, and However, you do have to have lived in Ontario for at least uh, one of the two years prior to making your application. Um, if you've been here studying, then you've probably met that criteria anyway. Um, and it is restricted to masters and PhD level qualifications. So unfortunately, other sort of postgraduate qualifications don't um, don't meet the requirements. But um, you know, if you if you have come over here to study a master's, which sometimes um, you know a master's program can be just one year in length. If you've done that and you don't necessarily qualify for a lengthy postgraduate work permit following your studies, then that's when it's a good time to look at one of these options if you want to stay longer um, beyond the end of your studies. So this is a little bit easier in terms of the employment, but um, yeah, you have to meet the higher education requirements and other similar um, requirements to the other streams with regards to where you live, language requirements, etc. And I have to imagine that there is an overwhelming demand of, of graduates in Ontario from the universities that are looking to pursue these programs. And I know as a firm, it's always challenging for us 
because when these programs open up for limited periods of time and then they close, so they have a tendency to open. And many of these programs are like this in Ontario. They open for a short period of time and then they close or they extend out, you know, when we have these expressions of interest, but also through the express entry stream, which you're going to be talking about in a little bit here. Um, as a firm, we've kind of made a decision that we we really don't take clients um, and say, okay, we'll help you apply through PNPs across Canada because how do we prioritize someone? You know, Chanel, when we have, if we have 20 uh, master's grads who are in Ontario waiting to go through, well, it's often a race to file and, uh, you know, getting your applications in because they only allow so many in and, and that can be a real challenge. So as a firm, we're here to support people when they, you know, when they're, when they're putting things together for sure and to give them all the direction and advice to help them along their way. But there's a real challenge when you're using representatives for especially these very quick one, you know, uh, one-off programs that, that pop in and then close and, you know, and then uh, it's a number, you just don't know when they're going to open up again. So we are always very, very mindful of that. But like you pointed out, if you are uh, coming to Canada and you make the decision to take a one-year master's program, which you know, there's pros and cons to it, but any, any, any one year length of, of program is only going to give you a one year postgrad. And often that's just not enough time to get your uh, experience to go through the CEC if it was even a possibility. So no. food for thought. It's, it's very, especially if you only have a one year postgraduate work permit, it can be very difficult to get the, the 12 months. ICC are not lenient if you have 11 months, two weeks and so many days, but you don't meet that 12 month mark, then they can decline your application because you haven't met the requirements. So that can be very difficult to do when you only have the one year postgraduate work permit because um, you need time to actually find a job to begin with. So um, this is a good alternative option, but with going through the provincial nominee programs, especially those um, for, for graduates, um, there are time limits on you know when you have had to have completed your studies. So, for example, with the PhD and master's students, so you have to be submitting your application for the OIMP within two years of completing the qualification. Um, so... You must also plan ahead to make sure you don't let that time limit lapse because if it does, then you no longer would qualify under this program and you'd have to be looking at one of the um, the workers' streams, one of the other streams that are available. Um, so, And when you think about processing times as we transition here, you know, these are traditionally filed, well, traditionally they were paper-based applications that didn't go through any expedited process like express entry. And uh, now there's the PR portal that you can now file online, but these take quite a while. And so sometimes individuals may choose some of these other streams that we're going to get into because the processing times are allegedly faster. So why yes. don't we dive into them? So well, the next streams are the express entry streams. So this, if you are eligible for one of these, if you get a nomination through express entry, that is definitely the route we would advise you take as long as you qualify for it um, because it is faster. Um, and as we've seen, that's the, the one express entry um, program that's continued throughout COVID um, has been the PMP draws. So um, we see those happen regularly. 
you know, once you have a, a nomination and you've been drawn um, from through Express Entry, then you can very quickly submit your application. And the processing times, uh, you know, they've been longer than usual, but it's still going to be quicker than applying through one of the other processes. Um, Express Entry is always going to be one of the faster options. Um, so this is definitely the, the top choice if you qualify. Um, so th the Express Entry program, it's available to applicants who already have submitted an Express Entry profile into the pool um, and who have skills and experience which Ontario employers currently need. So they're in high demand here. So we've got three different streams, the human capital priority stream, the French speaking skilled worker stream, and the skilled trades stream. So each of those streams, they focus on different skills that Ontario is really looking um, to have more candidates um, with. So the human capital priorities in the French speaking skilled worker streams. Um, so for this one, these ones you have to qualify for either the federal skilled worker or the Canadian experience class programs. Um, and you also have to hold a Canadian qualification, specifically a bachelor's, master's or PhD. So again, that's a little bit more limiting to people who haven't completed a, you know, a full higher education qualification. Um, but you also have to speak either English or French to a certain level, um, which is one of the requirements for Express Entry anyway, have the required settlement funds and intend to live in Ontario. Um, this is one thing we haven't mentioned until now, which is actually the biggest thing to bring up with the OIMP and all provincial nominations. The key criteria is that you intend to live in the province. Um, so for the OIMP, obviously you must intend to live in Ontario um, and that's why they're nominating you. The recommendation is, is usually to live here or in the province that you have been nominated by for at least two years after um, getting your permanent residency to really meet that requirement and demonstrate that was your intention. If you are nominated and you immediately upon getting your PR card move out of the province, that can catch up with you later. Um, you know, if it looks like you've misrepresented your intentions, then when you come to renew your PR card or you apply for citizenship, then IRCC can catch that. So it's always best to fulfill a somewhat of a, somewhat of a, a stay in the province, you know, for a, a period of time that we, we would recommend two years because that um, is really what would meet your permanent residency requirement anyway for days spent in Canada, um, just to make sure that no questions can ever be asked about what your intentions were and whether or not yeah. you met those. It's interesting, Chanel, like over the years, so many people have asked us those questions. And if you look at the law, um, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms grants freedom of mobility. So for immigration to allege someone did not have an intention to reside in a place and they only lived there for a few short weeks and then left. It's, it's a very, very high burden for, um, for the government to establish if they're choosing to you know, make a, a, um, a finding of misrepresentation in the context of permanent residence. And one of the questions we get all the time from people is, okay, well, what if I stay in Ontario and then I get this great job? So I'm, I'm, I'm given a nomination through the human capital priority stream and it's one of the IT uh, programs, and I get this amazing offer in British Columbia, and I want to leave and go pursue that, and I've only been in Ontario two or three weeks. Well, technically speaking, you know, if you've been able to demonstrate, remember that intention is to, to, to reside in Ontario, 
Um, there's, there's nothing really stopping someone necessarily from leaving that province. But at the end of the day, like, um, like Chanel said, there are very, very good reasons why that province nominated you. And one of the reasons is because they want you to take your skills, your ability, your talent, your human capital, and use it to improve that province. Uh, whether you're going to the Northwest Territories or Prince Edward Island through their PNPs. As a firm, we've taken the position that if you're going through that process and that province has faith in you, then you better well, you bloody well better use that nomination spot to help that province and to stay there and give it a real honest shot. Because there are thousands of people that would give anything to, to have that nomination um, and would be willing to live there in Saskatchewan or Manitoba or one of the you know, non-big centers um, outside of BC, Ontario, and, and Quebec. And so, um, so this is an interesting situation, Chanel. But yeah, we take the position that, you know, you should stick around there and you should, you should remain there. And, uh, and don't just look for the first opportunity out, but really give it a good shot. So that's, uh, that's kind of the yeah. feeling, yeah. <laughs> If you have good reason to leave and, you know, that can be easily explained, then then that's fair. Once you've got your permanent residency, you obviously do have a right to live in Canada. Um, it doesn't long term tie you down to that one province. But the best thing to do is to commit to what you said you were going to do. Um, and it's the safest thing. Whilst it might be harder for the government to actually you know, withdraw that um, nomination or to, to find it misrep in your application, um, you don't want to put yourself in a position where they start looking into it. Um, it's always better to move forward with genuine intentions. Um, and if, yeah, if the province has spent this time and energy on nominating you and they've given you a nomination over somebody else, the right thing to do is really to fulfill that and contribute to the local economy for a period of time. There was a reason that you were nominated to come. So it's best to try and fulfill that. Yeah. And we are idealists in our firm and others are out there. We'll say the law says this. And if you touch one foot on that soil and and then you leave the next day, well, they can't come after you. Well, maybe, maybe not. But at the end of the day, our clients and what we what we advise people are that they they respect that nomination and that they use it to to you know enhance the fabric of, of that province and uh, and uh, to stay there and make it better. So, all right. So skilled. So we've got here within the express entry streams, we have the human capital priority stream. And that's probably one and the French speaking skilled stream and the skilled trade stream. So how are these different than the job offer streams? So Chanel? these are different skills which the province have um, identified as really going to further um, the economy that are lacking, that they, they don't have enough of these skills currently in Ontario. And they're looking to try and, I, I guess, in, increase um, the the economy, the the, num the variety of skills they have in the province, things like the French speaking, um, you know, program, they're 
Ontario is not a French-speaking province, but there are French-speaking jobs here. There is a requirement. Um, you know, we do work with Quebec. We're next door to Quebec. Um, there are a lot of organizations that operate here in French as well, um, but not that many Ontarians speak French. Um, it's taught in schools, but in the workplace, it's very rare to find someone who is fluent in French and able to actually service the French-speaking clients. Um, so this is an area where the province of decided to create a stream to attract more French speakers um, because there's a need for it. And unfortunately, there just aren't enough Canadians who speak French in Ontario to the extent that you would hope in a, a country that has it as a dual language. And I think our federal government as well, part of their uh, part of the commitments that they've made with the province of Quebec is to expand the uh, the second language or you know, French as a spoken language across the country. And that's why we see within Express Entry itself, that there's bonus points given for people that speak French. And I think the latest figures that we saw in the last annual levels plans were that uh, it was up to over 4% of the total landings that they want through Express Entry to be in these types of categories. And so the provinces in a way are doing their part. You know, Alberta also takes a look at French language as one of the factors when they are selecting candidates through through its express entry process uh, in that stream. So it's not surprising to see that Ontario would specifically create a stream targeted towards French speakers. And uh, when you look at this, like you alluded to before, Chanel, um, you know, if I was someone who who was looking at these streams and I say, hey, this is way faster um, if you're in Canada, sure, that's a factor. But let's say I'm outside of Canada. Like, is this is this program available for me? Yes. So um, through Express Entry, um, the, these streams you have to qualify for either um, the Federal Skilled Worker Program or the Canadian Experience Class Programs. And the Federal Skilled Worker Program is based on work experience that you've obtained outside of Canada. Um, so you don't already have to be living and working in Canada. For the Canadian Experience Class, you need 12 months of Canadian experience. Um, so you would either be here currently working or have worked recently in Canada and and have obtained at least the 12 months. Um, so if you are someone who qualifies for the Federal Skilled Worker Program, um, you have the right education, language skills, um, settlement funds, basically the, the requirements for Federal Skilled Workers. And on top of that, you speak French or have one of these, um, you know, these key skills um, that we're looking for, then you could definitely be up for a nomination. And it's it's key when you set up your profile and express entry that you open yourself up to that. Um, so express your interest in Ontario and hope that you're identified as someone who uh, they would like to nominate. Yeah. And it's important to, to allude to everybody that this is passive. So this isn't something that you formally apply to the province of Ontario through the Ontario Immigrant Nominee Program. You submit your profile into the express entry pool. And then if your occupation you know, language ability, whatever it might be, your knock code is in line with what they're looking for, then they will give you an expression of interest or a notification of interest in your express entry profile. You'll you'll get a notification via email and they'll say, hey, Ontario was interested. We're interested in you. And then the steps by which you will then proceed forward with actually making an application. So um, yeah, for people outside of Canada, especially when they see CEC and FSW not going anywhere right now, um, but yet the PNP 
uh, rounds of invitations are continually being targeted, this has become the new popular thing for people. Uh, if they have a choice. Definitely. And there's no risk to opening yourself up to an expression of interest as well. Um, because once you receive it, if you decide, no, I, I don't think I'm ready to commit to Ontario to live there, I might want to live somewhere else, then you don't have to accept the expression of interest and actually apply for the nomination. You can just stay in the pool and wait um, for the federal skilled workers or the Canadian experience class drawers to start again. Um, so if it's something that's of interest to you, there's no harm. In, in trying and, and seeing if you do get a nomination. And now we have a lot of people, Chanel, that come to us and say, oh, my CRS score, I'm outside of Canada. I don't have a prayer of getting drawn, but I've got business experience. And, um, you know, is there some way that I can invest or be an entrepreneur? Well, I guess probably a lead in here, isn't it, to our next program? Yes. So the, the, the last stream is the entrepreneur stream. So this one is a, a bit more of a process to go through than any of the other streams. It's going to take a little bit longer before you get your nomination and your permanent residency. But if you are an entrepreneur, a business person, you have a business that you would like to expand to Canada, open in Canada, or if you're looking to buy a business here um, in Ontario in particular, then this could be an option for you. Um, but this one is broken down into two stages. Um, so first you have to register an expression of interest. And, and this is the one application where you're still having to submit it by regular mail. Um, and if you are successfully invited, you can submit your application. You have to attend an interview to demonstrate that you actually have an intention of opening a business, um, you know, convince the province that this is a real business. And if you're successful, then you sign a performance agreement and get to move on to stage two, whereby you apply for and can obtain a temporary work permit. Um, so this work permit is, is basically allowing you time to trial your business in Ontario. So you can then come over, work, set up the business. Um, and after 20 months, you have to file a report to demonstrate how your business has performed, You know that it's up and running. And at that stage, the OIMP would review your documents and actually determine if you're eligible for a nomination. So this is a much longer process, yeah. but it is a route available for those who you know, a, a business minded and who might not qualify for the other streams. Yeah. And the important thing to note too, is that there's some risk with this too. And uh, it's not just this simple slam dunk. If I get my work permit and, you know, and ONP has started down the path of saying, yeah, we like your idea where the rubber hits the road is when you actually come and what you do with it. And when you've got to produce that report in 20 months, it's not so easy. So it's not for the faint of heart. It's for people who are fully engaged, who've done their research, who are well-planned, well-organized. And because you already have business experience, there is an expectation that you'll be able to avoid at least many of the pitfalls that cause most businesses to fail within the first short little while. So, uh, and if it, if it doesn't, you know, if it doesn't pass mustard or whatever you want to call it with the OINP, then there's no guarantee that you're going to get that nomination necessarily that will allow you to become a permanent resident. So it's um, there's a little bit of risk to it. But when some people have good plans, good experience and and really they want to come to Canada and don't qualify through their basic human capital, 
then uh, this is something to consider for sure. Absolutely. And I would would suggest taking the time to really review, if the entrepreneurial stream is of of interest to you, really review the two stages, the process in more detail to understand what these requirements are before you um, commit to this one because there might be a different stream which actually um, with the right time commitment um, and you know, work experience. If you're already in Canada, or if you are on a postgraduate work permit, then it might um, you might eventually qualify for one of the other streams and it might be worth actually just committing um, to gaining the relevant qualifications and experience here to qualify and, and trying through one of those streams instead. So it's I think that the key thing to do is do your research, really review all the different streams and assess what you would be eligible for um, before making a decision on how you'd like to to proceed and that sometimes might be just waiting a little bit longer till you've accrued the right amount of experience and then the last component to the blog post which we will direct people to to go check out which we've already really kind of covered is just how to apply through the express entry process and uh, i don't know if there's anything specific that you want to address chanel within this process other than what we've already talked about but the steps are here in the blog post. Yeah, I think we've roughly covered it. So, I mean, you have to create your profile and if you get an expression of interest, then you you can apply. Um, Really, I I mean, if you're looking to apply through, um, through the other streams, through the employer job offer or the PhD or graduate streams, the process is a little bit different, but I would draw your attention to the Ontario website, the OIMP website, um, in particular for the full breakdown of, of steps there. Um, and then after you've gotten a, a nomination, that's when you submit your application for permanent residence. So similar to any other permanent residence application, there will be um, a number of requirements for documents, information, forms that you need to, to fill out and provide. Um, and you have to be very careful doing that to make sure all the information is accurate, that you've disclosed everything. And once you've submitted that, it really really just is a waiting game. Processing times are not fast at the moment. So patience is key. Absolutely. And it's also a very nice segue into the Canadian Immigration Institute, which is the sponsor of this video. And if we go back here, uh, we will show you here that the next express entry course that we have is April 25th, to the 29th, 2022. And these are always being offered every month or two. And when you get that nomination from the uh, OINP, then this is a great option for you to choose uh, to get assistance with the express entry part just to make sure that you've done it correctly. And um, obviously, as a firm, we're always here to support. We offer our collaborative reviews, which are so much more than a review. And you can go over to our website to check out what we do with that. Once again, wholethelaw.com. And the course and the registration can all be found on the Canadian Immigration Institute.com website. So we'd encourage you to check that out. All right. And uh, I guess the last little piece that I want to say when it comes to navigating the OINP and then pursuing express entry is that just because the OINP has accepted something that you've put in there, whether it's a reference letter or something else, doesn't mean that that same documentation is going to be accepted at face value by IRCC. And that's something that we've started to see a little bit, Chanel, as people assume that, well, if my reference letter is good enough for the OINP, it's going to be good enough for IRCC. And that's not the case. And that's why, in particular, the the course that we offer here will help you to make sure that that heavy work that you've done and the heavy lifting on the OINP side 
isn't lost when you're going through the quote formality of express entry, which is most definitely not a formality to obtain your ultimate permanent resident status. So, all right. Well, thank you so much, Chanel. This is great. And I don't know if you have any parting thoughts or anything before we uh, before we transition away. I, I think just for more information and to wrap your head around all the various streams, a good starting point is have a read of the blog. There are links in the blog that can link you to the relevant information on the OIMP website as well. So it's easy to navigate. Just go through and when you want more information, click on one of the links. Um, we've hyperlinked a lot of the a lot of the information uh, when we've gone through the details of each program. So have a look at that. And if you have more questions or need some more help um, trying to figure out which stream you might be eligible for, feel free to book a consultation and we can work through that one-on-one. Well, thanks so much, Chanel. We'll be back again with, uh, with another province. Great. Thanks, Mark. This episode of the Canadian Immigration Podcast is sponsored by the Canadian Immigration Institute, one of the best sources of video content on Canadian immigration to help you navigate your way through the Canadian immigration process. Head on over to the YouTube channel where there's tons of video content and you can join Mark, yes, myself, in a number of live video streams, Q&As, all designed to help you navigate your way through this crazy Canadian immigration process. When you're done there, like and subscribe and then head on over to the CanadianImmigrationInstitute.com where you can find all those awesome DIY courses that I've been talking about. Thank you, Canadian Immigration Institute. You are the sponsor of this amazing little podcast. 